Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're about to receive a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Fortman, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Center, One Church in Global Locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Christian Center, visit our website at www.harvestcc.me. And remember to love God, love people, and love life. Just one scripture I want us to look at and then we'll be seated. Matthew 6, 8, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Matthew. Matthew, who was a tax collector who to most Jews uh, was considered to be scum of the earth. But what I love about our God is that he is a God that looks at what other people see as scum and he has the ability to look at that same person and see something that could be somebody successful, somebody that can be more than the environment that they were raised in. And so here it is, Matthew 6, 8, it says this, therefore, do not be like them. Here's the part I want you to see. For your father has uh, knows the things you have need of before you ask him. So here's the question. Say, Bishop, if he knows, why ask him? Okay, good question. Uh, touch your neighbor and just answer. Say, he just wants to hear you say it. Father, I decrease that you might increase. Speak to us tonight that we will move and walk in the great things that you have ordained. Tailor make, customize this word for us, your people, Father. I pray that it would fall on the ears of not just hearers of the word, but doers of the word. I declare that there is the spirit of getting things done in this atmosphere tonight where we get our word Nike, the word Nikeo in the Greek. I declare that something's rising up on the inside of everybody under the sound of my voice. And it is them rising up from zero, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and being on 10. That means the best of the best and we speak it and declare it over their lives in Jesus name somebody shout hallelujah as you take your seats with your high five two or three people and say he just wants to hear you say it just wants to hear you say it you can be seated as you know or maybe don't know so let me uh, make it clear to you God wants harvest and harvesters to be on Tim this year which is a modern colloquialism meaning to experience the best of the best somebody say the best of the best we opened this series looking at eight very practical ways that this is manifested in our lives. I'll review them very quickly. Number one, on 10 is when you walk in a new order, and that new order is the kingdom first. Say the kingdom first. Uh, number two was on 10 is when that new order uh, opens up new power. And we talked about that Greek word dunamis for power and the various meanings of that. Say, when I have new order, I have new power. Now, this is significant, but I want to encourage somebody because you might feel very powerless right now in life, but you need to understand power is only manifested when it's under pressure. You don't know the power nor the potential you have until it's under pressure. So if there's anybody at Wednesday Night Live tonight that's under some pressure, I got good news for you. That's so that your power can be manifested and your power can be revealed. 
Number three is on 10 is when your thankfulness changes the odds. We talked about how when you're thankful, not only with everything, the scripture says everything with God is possible, but not all things with God are probable. And so when you're thankful, not only do you make all things possible, but you also make all things probable. Well, any thankful people in the place tonight? When you're thankful, things that should not happen, things that other people said could not happen and would not happen can begin to manifest in your life. They'll tell you no and call you back the next day and say, we changed our mind. They'll say, it's not going to happen on Monday. And by Wednesday, that thing will have turned around from you. Any thankful people in here, when you're... When you're thankful, you change possibility and probability. When you're thankful, God takes you from being a zero and he can turn you into a hero. When you're thankful, he can take you from the bottom and put you on the top. When you're thankful, he can take you from the back and put you at the front. What, uh, touch your neighbor, say be thankful. Uh, number four was on 10 is when freedom begins. We began to look at that. I encourage you to get those messages. Number five is on 10 is when Absaloms are struck down. And we talked about Absaloms. Absaloms are people uh, that are around you, but they're not with you. They are individuals that are around you, but they are disloyal to you. And they're individuals that take everything they can get from you. And when they deduce that there's nothing else to get, they walk away from you. And sometimes you'll say, I don't know why so-and-so acted funny, but the fact is you never checked their driver's license to see that their middle name was Absalom. I'm being facetious, of course. It's not the real middle name. What I'm saying is, is that sometimes you've got to check the intentions and the motives of the people that are around you because sometimes uh, if it walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, acts like a duck, it might be an Absalom. You didn't hear what I just said. That's why the scripture says that, uh, that a, this wolf would dress up in sheep's clothing. In other words, is that it would enter into your life looking like it's one thing, but it's really another thing. And you treat it like the thing that you think it is, only to learn later that it was never the thing that you thought it was, because it was always the thing that it was when it came in the first place. Got to get that CD. Uh, but then number six was that on 10 is when God smites your enemies. Anybody got some enemies? Now, let's be clear. An enemy is a noun, a person, place, thing, or idea that opposes your forward progress. So when you think of enemies, just don't think of people. When you think of enemies, think about some bad mentalities that you might have. Anybody ever had a problem with stinking thinking where you didn't need an enemy because you have the enemy? Uh, sometimes an enemy isn't external. Sometimes an enemy is internal. So when we look at an enemy, we're not just talking about the people, the places, the things and ideas out here. Sometimes we're talking about the people, places, things and ideas in here. But what I love about it is when you're on 10, it's when your enemies, watch this, are, are smitten. Now to be smitten means to be knocked out. Say a knockout punch. Tell, tell them, say a knockout punch. A knockout punch means they're not getting up from this. Now, uh, on 10 is when God smites your enemies, a person, place, thing, idea, anything that's contrary to your forward progress, when they least expect it and you release the desire to retaliate. So tonight when I was thinking about what I was, gonna, uh, when I was uh, preparing tonight, the Lord says, son, I need you to get everybody to release every enemy tonight so that I can do what I need to do. You, you missed what I just said. Uh, 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 it, it, let me just check the room. Anybody in here, you, you got some, now I ain't talking about internal enemies this time. This time I'm talking about some external enemies. Some folk that you helped when there was nobody else to help them, that you rescued when nobody else was there to rescue them, and the moment it seemed like they got on their feet, they turned on you and treated you with like yesterday's trash. I'm talking about anybody in here got some haters. Maybe, maybe, maybe you got people that don't like you and they don't even have a reason to substantiate why they don't like you. They just don't like you. All right, watch this now. Watch this. First Samuel 25, 38. Now, on 10 is when God smites your enemies just when they least expect it, and you release the desire to retaliate. 
Now, the key to this one is that you've got to release the desire to retaliate. Most people sit up and they're mad and they're vengeful and they're bitter. And if you ask them, they'll say they're not. But then all you got to do is wait for that vein to pop. If, you were, if I was asking anybody and I would say, how do you feel about so-and-so? Oh, I'm fine. And I'd say, well, tell the fine in your statement that you're not. I wish I had somebody that would be honest with me tonight. You, you ever called yourself over something or haven't forgiven someone for something until you saw that person or saw that individual and then you quickly discovered, I have not forgiven. I've, I've been confessing it. I've been speaking it. I've been saying it, but I've been lying the whole time. I, I hate you. I would touch your name and say, you can be honest at church. You can be honest at church. If you can't be honest anywhere else, you got to learn how to be honest at church because how are you going to get better if you can't be real? How is God going to heal what you keep trying to conceal? And I think there's some people in this place tonight that say, I want to be better. I want to be wiser. I want to be stronger. And here it is. I think there's a few people that can say, I may not be where I want to be, but I thank God that I'm not where I used to be because I'm getting stronger and I'm getting wise. Okay. So, so here's the key. So here's the key. I got to release the desire to retaliate because as long as you're plotting vengeance, heaven won't. Because there's two things that the scripture says God won't ever share with man. One was his glory. The second was vengeance. So as long as you got plans and plots to retaliate, heaven says, well, we'll let you have fun with that. And you might say, Bishop, I'm not plotting to retaliate. Just every person I meet, I tell them negative things about that person. Okay, it's quiet. So apparently this is the, <laughs> a lot of bitterness in the room tonight. A lot of lemonade in here tonight. All right. First Samuel 25, 38. Then it happened after about 10 days. How many days? 10 days that the Lord struck Nabal and he died. Verse 39, so when David heard that Nabal was dead, he said, blessed be the Lord. Now notice, David didn't, you think David, you know, oh, he died, didn't nobody tell me nothing, he gone. Nabal dies and David's like, praise the Lord. Okay, now can, you, can we have a real honest moment? You ever heard something bad happen to somebody that did you wrong? And you're supposed to be like, Lord, and you were like, they shouldn't have messed with me. I didn't know, I didn't know. I told him. I already told him. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, watch this. It says, so when David heard that Nabal was dead, he said, blessed be the Lord who has pleaded the cause of my reproach from the hand of Nabal and has kept his servant from evil. Now, what does he mean kept his servant from evil? He said, God kept me from putting a hurting on him because Thursday at 3 o'clock in the playground, It was getting ready to be some smoke in the city. Now, some of you may have gotten lost there. Mr. Man, I don't go to playgrounds. What are you talking about? Okay, I'm making a joke. Okay, when you're a kid, you know, there used to be fights. You'd be like, meet me on the playground by the monkey bars at three. Meet me over there by three. <laughs> now, 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 here's the point. <laughs> now, here's the point. He said, so when David heard Nabal's dead, he said, bless me, Lord, who's pleading because of my reproach for the hand from the hand of Nabal and has kept his servant from evil. In other words, he said, God, I wanted to retaliate. And in fact, I was still planning vengeance. 
I was going through my daily routine getting hot. I was going through my daily routine getting mad and more angry and more angry and more angry and more angry. And matter of fact, when I woke up, I woke up with vengeance on my mind. And when I was going through my day, I went to lunch with vengeance on my mind. I wish I had some honest people in church. And when I went to sleep, I went to sleep with vengeance on my mind. And then I had a dream. And in my dream, I had a knife in my hand. Okay, okay, I'm not, it's too much judgmentalism in here. But let me tell y'all about a dream I had years and years and years and years ago. No, I'm not going to do it. No, no. But, t- but tell your neighbor, so you know exactly what Bishop's talking about. All right, so he says, it's kept his servant from evil, for the Lord has returned the wickedness of Nabal on his own head. There's a principle of scripture. The world has called it karma, but karma's not Bible. The Bible calls it sowing and reaping. When you were growing up, you heard a song like this. You're going to reap what you Look at what David said in verse 39. He says, for the Lord has returned the wickedness. In other words, Nabal got a harvest of the evil he sowed against me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He says he's returned it, and look where he returned it, on his own head. In other words, in other words, in other words, he was saying it covered Nabal from top to bottom. Now, after he released the desire to retaliate. Y'all ready to do that? All right. Anybody got some, got some, now remember, uh, an enemy is a noun, a person, place, or thing, or idea, person, place, thing, or idea that opposes you for progress. Some of those can be inner, internal. Some of those can be external. Now, anybody have some external ones? Okay. All right. Good, good, good. Okay. Now, don't pray this if you're not ready to pray what I'm getting ready to pray. He said, Bishop, what do you mean? Well, how would I know that I'm ready? If you want to keep trying to get even, don't pray this. If you want to keep trying to get vengeance, driving by to see if they're there. Apparently, I stepped off into some Kool-Aid. If you're still plotting how you're going to get back, don't pray this. But if you want to see your God take care of some business for you, and you say, well, Bishop, what are you saying? No, we're just following the Bible. You're going to release what God needs to get, and you're going to let God do it, and then you're going to say, you can put one of those memes up where you'll be like, I ain't do it. All right. So don't pray this as if, you're, if, it's, if it's your intention to get even tomorrow. Don't pray what I'm giving to have you pray if it's your intention to try to get back at them tomorrow. But if you want to see your life on 10 and the Lord handle this, then pray what we get ready to pray. Are you ready to do this? All right. Now, just, just those as ready. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I release the desire for vengeance and retaliation. Against, say their names. I turned around so you can see what I was saying. And I release the bitterness, hurt, pain, and unforgiveness associated with it. And I now release that situation into the hands of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Now just do your hands like this. Shake the dust off. Get that off of you. You've released it. So now God's going to do what you were never going to be able to do. Touch your name and say, God's got that thing now. He's got that thing. Y'all don't know when to shout. That's fine. 
Hi, num number seven. Number seven was, I'm doing this review from uh, eight practical ways that we were on 10. On, uh, number seven was on 10 is, what hurt, is when what hurts you deep, excuse me, helps you most. Say what hurt me deep will help me most. Say what hurt me deepest will help me the most. All right, and we looked at that in last week's message also. You can get that. Number eight, and this is where we picked it up on Sunday where I'm going to pick up tonight. On 10 is when you reach the end of a test for promotion. God never promotes without testing first. Heaven never increases you without testing you first. Which means if you're in the middle of a test, don't cry about it, shout about it, because at the end of it, there is a promotion if you pass it. Would you want a doctor who didn't pass their exam? Would you want an optometrist that didn't pass his exam? Uh, would you want a mechanic who kind of did well in school, but you paying full price for him to work on your car? None of us would trust anyone that hadn't been tested. So why do you want life to trust you? Why do you want God to trust you? Why do you want people to trust you when there's been no test to ascertain that there's a reason to trust? It's quiet. Would, yeah, I'm not going to say that. Would, no, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> no, 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 no. Say it must be tested to be trusted. All right, so on 10 is when you reach the end of a test for promotion. Now, and I've already announced to you, and if you've not been here, I encourage you to get those CDs so you know where we're at. I've already announced to you that for some folk, under the sound of my voice, your test was over. Now, some of you might say, why are they shouting? You got to go get the CDs to see where that. Now, this principle, this eighth principle on 10 is when you reach the end of a test for promotion. comes from four young Hebrew men in the book of Daniel named Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. You know Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah by their Babylonian names, which are Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, they were tested for 10 days, and at the end of 10 days, the king found them to be 10 times better than everybody else. So they were 10 times 10, so they were more than just on 10. They were on 100. And that's the upgraded plan. That's not for everybody. That's not, that, that's not the beginner plan. But I think it's a few people in the room that say, on 10 is good for everybody else, but I want the upgraded plan. I'm on 100. They were tested for 10 days. At the end of 10 days, they were 10 times better, which means the test will make you better if you pass it. And the test will make you better if you stop complaining about it while you're in it. I was talking to somebody the other day, and they were just so negative. I just, it's just, oh, well, man, all this, all this, all that. I said, man, I can't talk to you right now. I said, because you just ain't talking about nothing. I said, because all you want to do is sit up and complain about life. I'm, watch this. I'm sitting here trying to give you some solutions, and every time I give you a solution, you're sitting up here telling me why it won't work. Well, I'm living proof that if you do what I'm saying, it'll work. So stop telling me what won't work, and you ain't tried to work it. Tell your neighbor, say, it'll work if you work it. I think I got some witnesses in here. God's word will work if you work it. His principles will work if you work them. Now, look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Uh, they are in Babylonian captivity. So here's how it happened. Is that the Babylonians went and they displaced. They took the Hebrews, the Israelites. They took them and they took them from one place and they displaced them. And they took them now to Babylon. And as they took them there. They're still Hebrews, but they're in Babylonian captivity, which illustrates their challenge. They're set apart and called by God to be the best of the best. If you read the narrative in Daniel, you'll see that the scripture says God gave them great knowledge and gave them great wisdom and gave them great favor. And so these young men were called 
by God to be on 10. They were called by God to be the best of the best. Say, just like me. Here's the problem. They're surrounded by Babylonians. Uh, Babylonian, uh, in its uh, root word, it means confused people. And you need to know this. Confused people will never understand called people. Average people will never understand those walking in assignment. And I asked you this question on Sunday. What do you do when the environment you're in doesn't match the life-giving messages that you're trying to apply in your life? What do you do when you're surrounded by everything that's seemingly contrary to the direction you're trying to move in? What do you do when you get life here but you get death at home? When you get life here and you get foolishness at home? When you get encouragement here but you get uh, a dis a discouraged when you're at home? I got to tell somebody uh, what the answer is. You apply them anyhow. Too many people are waiting on co-signers whose credit's not good enough to get the deal done anyhow. You missed what I just said. You keep looking for folk that are messed up, jacked up, cursed, ain't headed nowhere, ain't trying to do nothing. You keep looking for them to co-sign for you when you need to realize their credit's insufficient in the first place. A co-signer only works if they got good credit. Catch the analogy. Catch the analogy. Why am I asking the cursed how to be blessed? You're a curse breaker. Why are you asking, asking someone that's walking in the curse how to break the curse? You're the interruption to the dysfunction in your bloodline. Why are you asking somebody that's walking in the dysfunction of your bloodline how to break it? You're the Joseph of your bloodline. His brothers hated him for it, but at the end of it, Joseph said, what you meant for evil, God has turned for my good. Because had you not betrayed me and thrown me into this pit and treated me like trash, I wouldn't be the prime minister of Egypt today. It was good that I was afflicted. It was good that you did me like that. Don't, 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 don't. Um, the, the confused will never understand the call. So they're around Babylonians, yet they're Hebrews. They are around and surrounded by confused people, average people, folk that want to walk in generational curses. Generational curses is a destructive pattern of behavior that's passed down from one generation to the next. And here they are as Hebrews, and they're trying to be Hebrews surrounded by people who everything they do, they question. Why do you eat like that? Why do you walk like that? Why do you talk like that? Why do you speak like that? Why do you say it like that? Why do you do it like that? It don't take all that. You don't have to do all of that. Why are you going to church on a Wednesday night? Why are you going to church on a Sunday? Why are you giving? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? They'll never get it. And the reason they'll never get it is because Babylonians aren't Hebrews. You can't be what you are not. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So what I love about it is that these four boys didn't try to convince the others to be like them. When they went through the test, the others wanted to be like them. It's quiet. Well, this. The scripture says when the king looked at him, he said, you're 10 times better than all the rest of these other Babylonian boys. What, what's so special about y'all? Daniel, uh, Daniel goes through the lion's den. And when Daniel goes through the lion's den, the king looks and he says, your God is God. I want to be like you, Daniel. You're a servant to me, but I'm, and I'm the king, but I want to be like you because I watched you go through your test. A Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you go through the fiery furnace, and the king says, your God is God. I want to be like you. I want the people to worship your God because while you're talking, Talking, all you need to be doing is walking and when they see how you handle the flames when they see how you handle the fire they'll want what you are so watch this watch this now what's the principle so 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 these three young men and four young men in total 
made the decision to be on 10. Say, that's the decision I've made. But you need to know this. Your decision will attract haters. And, it, and, and, and these haters, these people who were against them, so when I say that, it just means people that were against them, uh, it, they eventually landed Daniel in lion's den and the other three in a fiery furnace. You can read it in the book of Daniel. Because King Nebuchadnezzar said that when music plays, everybody had to bow and worship his statue or be thrown into the furnace. And for them, somebody say for them. For them, the furnace wasn't on regular temperature. For them, watch this, when they chose to be on 10, they also chose a higher heat. When they chose to be the best of the best, they chose a level of fire that was more significant than the level of fire that other people went through. Because to be the best, there's a higher cost for that. Okay, so, so check this out. Check this out. So the king, he's so furious because they won't do it. So he's so furious, he says, turn up the fire seven times hotter than normal. Seven times hotter than normal. Now, seven, say God plays the numbers. There is something called biblical numerology. Biblical numerology is the study of the significance and impact on numbers in your life because uh, in the Hebrew language, the language of God, in the Hebrew language, uh, those numbers have significant meaning. Say numbers have significant meaning. Seven is the number of completion. Why did he say two times hotter, three times hotter, four times hotter, ten times hotter? Twenty. I mean, if you're going for it, just go for like 20. You know, go for a nice even 15. Why did he say seven? Touch your neighbor and say, here's the reason. Because that fire was necessary to complete something in them. Whatever fire you're dealing with, under the sound of my voice, I got good news for you. That fire is completing something in you. It's some stuff God has started working on last year, started working on the year before, and he's not done yet. But what you're in now is completing something in you. Somebody holler and say, thank you, Jesus, for my fire. Thank you. It's completing something on the inside of me. So watch this now. Watch this. The other three in the fire furnace, King Nebuchadnezzar said, when the music plays, you've got to bow down and worship the statue. And for them, because they won't do it, the statue or the temperatures turned out seven times hotter than normal. But Daniel 3.27 says something interesting. It says that the fire had no power over them. And there were three reasons for that we looked at on Sunday. First, the fire was the right circumstance to activate their Hebrew names. Now, remember the Babylonians picked these guys up. They transport them over to Babylon, and when they transport them, one of the first things you do if you're trying to uh, get someone to change how they act is to change their name. Because every time you speak their name, you're calling something into existence. So it's like death and life are in the power of the tongue. So parents, be careful when you're naming your children that you don't name them something uh, that you'll later regret because you called them a problem. You know, you can't just pick names that you see on Instagram. But I saw it on Instagram, and I saw that was somebody's screen name, that was somebody's screen name, and I put them together. Uh -uh. Now, 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 watch this principle. In fact, you need to know what your name means, because every time somebody calls you, they are speaking that into existence. This is why in the Bible, watch this now, whenever God was ready to do something new in someone's life, he changed their name first. Abram was changed to Abraham. What's the significance of the H? It is Abram in covenant with Yah, Yahweh. That's his name, yad heh wav -Hey, Yahweh in short for Hebrew, Jehovah in short uh, in the English. So uh, it, it went from Sarai to Sarah. 
Joshua's name was changed. Paul's name was Shaul. His name was changed to Paul because Paul was going to reach Greeks and only Hebrews knew what Shaul was. So whenever he wanted to do something significant, he began to change their name. And so when, when, when you look at this and when you examine this, um, they were given Babylonian names. They're Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But the fire was the right circumstance to activate their Hebrew names. And their Hebrew names were indications of their hidden potential. I'm going to say it again. Their Hebrew names were indications of their hidden potential. Their names in Hebrew were grace, provision, and favor. Watch this. Fire activates your hidden potential too. You're not hearing what I'm saying. There's hidden potential on the inside of you that does not manifest out of you into the fires up under you. Which is why if you got a big project on your job, stop saying my boss is just really coming down. No, that fire is getting ready to unlock some potential. If you got hell going on in your house, don't complain about it. That fire is activating some potential. If you got trouble in your finances, don't whine about it. That fire is activating some potential. Somebody holler, thank God for the fire. Secondly, the fire refined them and it made them better. It's called metallurgy. And fire doesn't destroy gold. Fire refines gold. And Zechariah 13 and 9 says that the Lord refines us as gold. And then he tests us as gold. And so the fire, uh, say I'm gold. That just means, that, that, that just means you, you expensive. And not just expensive because you can cost more but not be better. You're, you're expensive and valuable. I dare you to lay hands on yourself and say, I'm expensive and valuable. That's why there's some folks you just got to drop out of your life that can't get with you. Yep. Don't let people, oh, let me, let me, uh, I'll say that for ladies now. Okay. Now, say, say fire refines me, makes me better. Now, it's hot while you're in it, but when you're out of it, it's good. Think about it. Uh, for those of you that like to cook, anybody here like to cook? All right, you like to cook. Your kitchen is hot. You sweating. You got on two fans, AC on, all that. It's hot in there. But once you're done and you're dining in a quite marvelous way, all of that fire was worth it. Y'all not going to say nothing to me? So in other words, the beauty of the fire is that it's temporary. They used to say it like this in old church, trouble don't last always. But here's the third reason. Here's the third reason that Daniel 3.27 said the fire had no power over them. The Midrash, which is the Hebrew rabbi's commentary on the unrecorded realities of the Bible, says that they prayed and repented while they were in the fire, which is what summoned the angel of the Lord. I need you to get this. It's not recorded, but when the rabbis looked back at the text, they said there, needed, there had to be something that happened that would summon the angel of the Lord to come and get into the fire with them such that the fire would not. The Bible says that they didn't smell like what they'd been through. The Bible says when they came out of the fire, they didn't smell like smoke and nor was a hair on their head cinched by the fire. Sins by the fire, excuse me. Watch this. Nor were their garments affected and nor was the smell of fire on them. Let me just pause for the cause and make somebody shout and get encouraged about what you're going through. Whatever fire you're in right now, if you'll keep on walking through this thing, not a hair on your head is going to be sins. None of your garments are going to be affected and the smell of fire is not going to be on you, which means you might be going through hell right now, but you make it look easy. You might be dealing with trouble right now, but you're going to make it look easy. I got a promise for you if you'll keep on pressing. You're not going to look like what you've been through. Yeah. 
I dare you to just rock that neighbor and shake him and say, you're not going to look like what you've been through. Yeah, I know it's rough right now. I know it's tough right now. But by the time this is over, you're going to be on 10 and you will not look like what you've been through. People will look at you and think you're a million bucks and you'll say, if you only knew what I had to go through to only knew what I had to go through to get here. See, they'll see your glory. They won't have a clue of what your story is. And you'll be able to tell them it was a Wednesday night and I was feeling discouraged. It was a Wednesday night and I stepped into that church. It was a Wednesday night and I felt like I didn't have what it took to keep on going. But that bishop said, keep on going. And I kept on going and I made it through my fire. So, so watch this now. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. It, 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 it had no power over them but it did something in them. Say, it has no power over me unless I give it power. See, your neighbor, you're spiritual. Your neighbor's problem is they give their fire control because they take on the spirit of their circumstances. So because what they're dealing with is difficult, they become difficult to deal with. Because what they're dealing with stinks, they become stinky to deal with. But tonight, I came to set somebody free. You're going to have to take power back from that fire and snatch it back and say, you may be around me, but I'm not letting you have power over me because the only reason you're here is to make something better happen in me. Watch this now. Watch this. The Midrash says that they prayed and repented because while their fire was miserable. Anybody got some miserable stuff going on? You man? Okay, thank you for the four honest people. Anyone recently had some miserable things happening in life? Okay, all right, now, let's keep living. That's <laughs> all right. Now, now, watch this. What's miserable is often a perfect mirror. I want to say that again. That's tweetable. What's miserable is often a perfect mirror. You often won't self-reflect and self-correct until it's miserable. While it's bearable, you're kind of like, well, no, they could have did this and they could have did that and they could have did this. And that. But when it gets miserable, now you're like, well, what is it in me? What do I need to do? What do I need to change? What do I need to do differently? What's miserable is often a perfect mirror. They began, watch this now, they began to self-reflect and self-correct because the book, the Midrash says they prayed and they repented. Self-reflection, self-correction. Say prayer, prayer. repentance. repentance. Self-reflection, self-correction. Self repentance, repentance. Prayer. prayer. Self-reflection, self-correction. So while they're in the fire, the Midrash says, here's what they said that you didn't hear them say. Father, for this specific thing we've been thrown into the fire for, we didn't do anything wrong. But Father, there's some other stuff that truth be told, even if this fire has nothing to do with that specific thing, the truth be told, it's some stuff that this fire is making me look at 
that I wouldn't have looked at unless I was in the fire. See, I've been blaming my mama all these years. I've been blaming my daddy all these years. I've been blaming my husband all these years. I've been blaming my wife all these years. I've been blaming my kids all these years. I've been blaming everybody all these years. I've been blaming Bishop. Oh, I've been blaming everybody all these years, but the fire made me take another look. And the fire made me look at the man in the mirror. What did Michael say? And ask him to change his ways. Would you touch your neighbor and say, the fire is your mirror? Because, because, because they, 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 they realize while we're here, we can see stuff about ourselves we weren't paying attention to. Earlier today, we were hiring our horse about how good we are because we're not bowing down to Nebuchadnezzar's statue. But all of a sudden, wait a minute, but I sure was dishonorable the other day. Ooh-wee, and while I spoke in, in regular tongue today, I spoke in some other tongue the other day that didn't need no interpretation. In case you got lost right there, I'm talking about cussing. That's what I'm talking about, in case you, in case you got lost. Smile at your neighbor, because your neighbor, they try, see, they trying to act Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is right now, but I don't know what the bishop is talking about. Oh, I lift my hand toward heaven. I've not sinned all day. You can say that for somebody who believes it. I'm not buying. Oh, God, well, shoot, the other day, I sure shouldn't have been thinking that. Whew. And, Lord, I sure did talk about I was on 10, but I sure wouldn't have minded running that person over. Accidents happen to people all the time. All the time they happen to people. All the time. I sure wouldn't mind you buying this and that and the other, this and that and this and that and the other, this and that and the other and all that. Lord, I can't believe I thought this, I thought that, I thought this, I thought this. Lord, I can't believe that. Lord, you know when I was, Lord, when I was 15. <laughs> wow. While they're in the fire. The Midrash says they began to self-reflect and self-correct, and they started praying and repenting. And here's what the Midrash says, not just for their sins, but for the generations before them, which means they activated something. They started breaking generational curses while they were in the fire, which tells us not only is the fire a mirror, but the fire is also the incubator that gives you the right indication of what you need to change. Listen, what are you trying to say? While they were in the fire, they said, you know what? You've been acting just like mama. You've been acting just like your daddy. And Meshach be like, man, don't be saying that. Why are you going to say some stuff like that to me, man? You've been acting like your cousin. You're acting to, he didn't listen to nobody and he ain't got a window nor a pot. And that's the same reason, say, when you acting, bed to go. That ain't what they call them back home. So now they're having this discourse. This is what the Midrash says. The Midrash says they're going back and forth. And as they're going back and forth, they begin to self-reflect and self-correct. And they're thinking, wow, wait a minute. While this specific fire maybe we didn't cause, there's some other stuff that while we're here, Let's use it as a mirror. Because maybe, just maybe, just maybe, the reason they didn't bow, maybe wasn't because they wanted to follow God. Maybe the reason they didn't want to bow is because they were arrogant and thought they were better than everybody else. And they never have to go through that like those people do. 
Maybe there was a little pride in there that needed to get worked out. Bishop, how do I know if I'm prideful? If you walk around speaking in absolutes that aren't fully resolute. I'll never do that. Countdown begins. Give you the, give you the Friday. Give you the Friday. I'll ne- Peter said, Jesus, I'll never leave you. Jesus was like, get behind me, Satan. I'll never leave you, Jesus. Twelve hours later. Ain't you one of Jesus, guys? I don't know that man. Oh, aren't you one of Jesus, guys? I don't know that man. I'm telling you, I got you on Snapchat right here with Jesus. Ain't you one of Jesus, guys? I don't even know. I don't even know. I don't even know. I don't know. Because he spoke in absolutes, but he wasn't fully resolute. You know you're prideful when you start speaking in absolutes about stuff that you're not fully resolute about. Oh, I do mean it when you said it. You weren't saying it, though, under fire. It got real quiet in the church right there. So watch this. Watch this. They prayed and they repented. Say the fire was a mirror. What's miserable is a great mirror. So it caused self-reflection, self-correction. And I told them this before. I encourage you to get those messages. So here it is. I'm done. The fire had no power over them, but it did something in them. It made them say something that God wanted to hear from them, which was their prayers and their repentance. Why? We started in Matthew 6, 8. He says, for the Father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. But there's some things he wants to hear you say, not because he needs affirmation, but he wants to make sure that you know what you need to know. And I gave you this example on Sunday. Have you ever, you know, wanted to hear somebody say something that you knew to be true, you believed to be true, but you just wanted to hear them say it? Okay, think about this. Parents with your children, you probably, and if you don't, you should, tell your children that you, you know, love them every day. All right? And then, and sometimes the best time to do it is right after you've given out a fresh dose of discipline. While they're still sitting over there recouping from the discipline that you gave in accordance with local, state, and federal law, saying, now, you know I love you. And proof that I love you is what I just did. Because you ain't finna be, you ain't one of these little fast girls. You ain't one of these little boys. You ain't finna, you ain't finna be acting like that. You're not finna be, you're not gonna be cursed. You're not gonna act like that. That's not what's going on here. I went through too much hell to get you here and you are the curse breaker in your bloodline and you ain't acting like that. That's proof that I love you. Now go clean up that living room. Bible says the father that loves his children corrects them, which means some people that you say love you actually hate you by biblical definition. By biblical definition. A friend that just lets you act crazy and then never say, hey, no, 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 no. You're totally out of order. You're totally out of order and all of that have several seats. That's a friend that really loves you. A friend that lets you act a fool, they don't love you, biblically speaking. I just helped some of y'all figure out who's really for you and who's really against you. Because when you're wrong, a real friend will be like, okay, they'll let you say all of what you got to say. Okay, that's good. Okay, great. You done? Right. All of that's out of order. Have several seats. Several of them. We got three luxury deluxe seats available for you. Have several seats. You're totally wrong. 
No, you just need to hear what I'm saying. I hear what you're saying, but what I'm telling you is right now you're operating from emotions, and by definition, emotion, E out of motion, out of change. You think this way because you're in the middle of change, but once the change settles, you won't think this way anymore. And don't go blow up your life and blow up good stuff because you're in your emotions right now. I wish I had some people that, that understood what I was preaching. Anybody in here ever made some bad decisions when you were emotional? But here's what I love about Jesus. Won't he give you goodness and won't he give you mercy? And even if you make bad mistakes, won't he turn that stuff around? High five your neighbor and say he'll turn it around for you. Here it is. I'm done. He just wants to hear you say it. Because he wants to know that you know. He wants to know that you know. Same reason you, you know, do you love me? That's a whole nother series. <laughs> That's a whole nother series. Now, he just wants to hear you say it. Say, he just wants to hear me say it. Here's why. Because prayer keeps you on 10. And effective prayer. Anybody want to be effective? Effective means you get your desired results. It begins with self-reflection and self-correction, not just a list of demands, because that makes you nothing more than a spiritual terrorist. God, I'm going to need this, and I need this, and I need that, and I need this, and I wish you'd do something about these kids, and I wish you'd do this, and I wish you'd do that, and Ike Jr. need this, and all this, and all that, and all that. Uh, that. That makes you nothing more than a spiritual terrorist, giving a list of demands in exchange for the ransom of your praise and worship. Now, God, I ain't going on Wednesday if this don't happen. And you'd be like, Bishop, I never said that right, but he, he knew what you thought, though. It's quiet in this church. Anybody ever made deals with the Lord? Lord, if you do this by Friday at 2, I promise I will forever. <laughs> We've all done it. I've done it. We've all done it. All, look at your neighbor and say, you have to. You have to. You have to. You have to. We've all done it. And if we've not articulated it verbally, we've certainly articulated it internally. Now, here, here's the principle. Here's the principle. Effective prayer begins with self-reflection and self-correction. When I'm praying, this is what I, when I'm praying, it's not just, Lord, here's the thing I need. Boom, 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 boom. And I've taught on prayer a lot before, but I want to deal with it from this specific angle. Say, he just wants to hear me say it. I'm almost done. Here it is. So it is not just me giving God this list. As I'm praying, I am on the spot self-reflecting and self-correcting. So as I'm praying, and I'm doing my floor walking prayers, and floor walking prayer, you got to get last week's CD, uh, Wednesday CD, for that, On Tennis Win Part 2. You got to get that. But, but watch this. When I'm praying, on the spot, I'm self-reflecting and self-correcting. On the spot, I'm like, you know what? No, I, didn't, I shouldn't have said that that way. I should have did this like this. Okay, I should do this like this. I should do this. Okay, okay, okay. And then by the time I done all that, I had self-corrected about 14, 15 different things that needed to be self-reflected, self-corrected. You can't correct before you reflect. If you try to correct before you reflect, you'll correct the wrong thing. Often where you think things are wrong, things are right. And where you think things are right, things are egregiously wrong. Did you, did you catch that? Okay. So you reflect first, then you correct. And I've taught you how to do that. You can get the previous messages on that. So here it is. I gave you things that prayer does. Prayer provides. Say prayer provides. provides. Got to get the CD. I told you prayer protects. Say prayer protects. Prayer protects. Then I gave you prayer points. Then pr uh, Or say uh, prayer points. Uh, excuse, oh, I missed the point up, so we're going to start over. Say prayer provides. Prayer, provides. prayer, protects. prayer protects. Prayer points. Prayer, prayer prevents. Prayer okay, here's the last one I want to give you tonight. Prayer fixes. Prayer fixes. Anybody got some broken stuff you need fixed? 
I wish somebody would be honest with me tonight. Anybody, I can stop it right here. I just need to know, anybody got some broken stuff you need fixed? Maybe it's your joy. Maybe it's your peace. Maybe it's your, maybe it's your sense of identity. Maybe, what, what, maybe it's your self-esteem. Uh, anybody got some broken stuff they need fixed? Here it is, 2 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles 7 and 13, and I'm done. 2 Chronicles 7 and 13, it says this. When I shut up heaven and there is no rain. Now, leave the verses up for a moment. When he says there's no rain, what he's saying is, is that there would be no harvest because there would be no rain for the crops. It's in agricultural terms. Now, I need to make it, uh, I need to contemporize it for you and I because when we think of this and we think of crops and rain and all that, it doesn't make much sense. But he says, when I shut up heaven and there is no rain, in other words, what he's saying, what is he saying? There is no harvest. Let me say it another way. When I shut up heaven and you're not on 10, or command the locusts to devour the land. Now, locusts are a Hebrew idiom for your bad decisions. It's quiet. He said, when I stop blocking the, the results of your bad decisions, and they begin to devour the land. Land here in the Hebrew means life. Say life. life. Or I send pestilence among my people. Here's verse 14. Now, that's some broken stuff. Say broken stuff. Broken stuff. Say real bad. Real. Say messed up. Messed up. Tore up. Tore up. Awful. Awful. Mm. Here's what he said. If you want me to fix it, I'll tell you how to fix it. If my people, and if you're not a Christian, you're going to be one in just a moment, so this will apply to you in just a moment, who are called by my name, say that's me, will watch this humble themselves, which teaches us another principle about why you need the fire, humility. Losing some stuff will make you humble. It's quiet in this church. Having, having some enemies will make you humble. Having some Goliaths and some Ishbi Banabs, those are giants, that, that, that'll, make you, that'll make you humble. Losing everything you worked so hard to get will make you humble. I wish I had some honest folk in here. Losing some stuff will make you humble. But I saw this great quote the other day. It says, sometimes the greatest way to have appreciation for something is to be without it for a while. Which means, watch the scripture. God says, if all of this happens, I've got a way to fix it. You're missing it. Which means you may have lost it, but if you'll follow my recipe, if you'll follow my instruction, whatever you lost, I got a way to get it back to you. I don't wish you touch your neighbor and say, prayer fixes things. Pray yeah, you may have lost some joy, but prayer can fix that. You may have lost some money, prayer can fix that. You may have lost some material things, that ain't nothing for God. Prayer can fix it. Verse, verse says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. Tell them that a million times. And pray and seek my face. Now leave the verse up. Face here, Christians like to quote this verse, and they're totally out of order and totally mistaken about what face means. I'm just seeking the face of God. I said, well, what do you mean? I'm just, I'm just seeking his face. I said, what do you mean? I'm just seeking his face. I said, you don't know what you mean. You're just saying Christian stuff, trying to be deep, and you're not even deep because you don't even know what it means. So if you come to Harvest, I need you when you're talking to people to know what you mean when you say it. That's why I take my job so serious because I don't want you telling people you come here and I'm your pastor and you don't know what you're talking about out there. 
face in the Hebrew means attitude. So I'm not seeking his face because the book says if I ever beheld him, I'd die. So I'm not literally saying, oh, seek his face, not his hand. That sounds nice, but it ain't text. He says, seek my attitude. Well, what's God's attitude? He's a problem solver. God never kept a problem longer than 24 hours. Read your Bible. When Jesus saw a problem, he handled that problem, and that problem never lasted longer than 24 hours. He walks up to a fig tree. The fig tree has leaves, but it has no fruit. And the reason he's mad at the fig tree is because he said, you deceived me because if you have leaves, you're indicating you should have fruit. So the book says he cursed the fig tree from its roots. And then they came back the next morning when they came back. They said, Master, Master, the fig tree that you cursed, um, it's, it's dead just as you said. He said, you marvel at this? He says, listen, all you need is faith is the mustard seed. What was he saying? He said, don't you keep a problem longer than 24 hours. Pray about that thing and move on to the next. If my people, somebody holler, that's us who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my attitude. And not only is he a problem solver, but he's a God that's on 10. He's a God that's the best of the best. In other words, I'm not settling for average anymore. I'm not tolerating average anymore. I'm not tolerating low living anymore. I'm not tolerating this mess anymore. I'm not tolerating generational curses anymore. I'm not tolerating unnecessary drama anymore. I'm not tolerating lack anymore. Touch your neighbor and say, I'm not tolerating it anymore. I'm not tolerating crying about the same thing for year after year after year. I'm not tolerating walking in the same cycles over and over. Well, am I preaching to anybody in here? I'm not tolerating it anymore. So I'm seeking his attitude. Say, I want his attitude. What's his attitude, Bishop? In Genesis, when he looked out, I feel like preaching. In Genesis, when he looked out, he said there's darkness, but he didn't start confessing darkness. He says, let there be light. His attitude is wherever there's a problem, I ain't going to confess the problem. I'm just going to announce the solution. And he's saying, let there be, and there was. 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 Bishop, he just wants to hear you say it. Because when you say, let there be, you're going to have a, and there was. I wish somebody at Wednesday Night Live would hear what I'm saying. Just your neighbor say, he just wants to hear you say it. Life and death are in the power of your tongue, which means you've been creating the world that you're living in by the words that you're speaking. But I'm going to have some people in this place tonight that say, Lord, I'm going to say it because I know you want to hear me say it. And when I say it, I'm going to see it. If my people who are called by my name, holler, that's us will humble themselves and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then watch this. This is God speaking. Watch what he says. Then I'll hear from heaven. Now, if this is God speaking, how does God hear from a place he dwells in? Good question. Say he makes an announcement. When he sees humility, self-reflection, self-correction, prayer, but that humility is also repentance there. Same, same concepts. And seeking of my attitude. And when, watch this, and when you turn, say turn. And when you turn from your wicked ways, the word repent means to turn. Change directions. So look what he's saying. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves, pray, seek my attitude, 
repent. All of that can be summed up in two simple phrases, self-reflection, self-correction. What were the other two? Prayer, repentance. Such a neighbor say it's super simple. Then I'm going to make an announcement. I'll hear from heaven. I dwell in heaven, but I'm going to make an announcement in heaven. Say an announcement. You only make an announcement when something's ready. Parents, you ever called your kids in? All right, y'all, the food's ready. And when you called them in there, you wanted them in there like that. No, and if it sat for like 30 seconds, you'd get, I wish I had some honest parents. And maybe you know the parent, maybe you just cook for somebody and you cook for them. You're like, okay, the food is ready. And they over there in the bathroom doing it. Look, now you need to come on. I didn't been in here for four hours. Now you need to come on. Sitting up here, lolly guy. You should have watched. You knew I was cooking. You should have been washing your hands then. You're going to make this bread cold. Nobody want the cold bread. Watch. God says, I'm making an announcement. Let me tell you something. And you better get here fast. Because you don't want what we've been working on. Verse. Then I'll make an announcement in heaven. I'll hear from heaven. That's how he hears it. He makes an announcement. And look what he says I'm going to do. I'm going to forgive their sin. And heal their land. Now let me give you the definition of these words and then we're done. He says, seek my face. Say attitude. From their wicked ways. That word wicked is the Hebrew word ra, R-A. Here's what it means. Self-destructive. Contrary to themselves. Murmuring. Complaining. Ways. He said, Bishop, I prayed about it. You didn't turn. So let me give you an action so you can see it. Self-reflect. Self-correct. You got that? I like that. That's going to be on my, I've got a workout video coming out. That's going to be We got lots of work. We got the blessing step. We got a lot of things we got. Self-reflect. Self-correct. Here's why you need to understand this. He's saying, you prayed about it. You didn't turn. You didn't pivot. You prayed not to have any more unforgiveness, and then you started sitting there getting mad. You just told me in Wednesday Night Live you release it. And since then, you picked it back up out the atmosphere. I wish that, because as soon as you release it, you're like, well, hold up, though, just in case. Wait a minute, though, just hold up. I wish y'all would be honest with me. Thank you for the four honest people in the room. So watch the verse. Say, I pray, then I turn. Self-reflect, self-correct. Prayer, repentance. See, all of that is the same. Different terms to get us to the same place. Different automobiles to get us to the exact same destination. Different words that get us to the same place. And that same place is a place called on here. Here it is. I will forgive their sin. And heal their land. Land there, again, means life in Hebrew. But here's the word I want to deal with. Heal. Say heal. Heal Heal is one of the names of God where he is called Jehovah Rapha. The Lord, our healer. And what I love about that word heal is that it's got several meanings. It means, watch this, to refresh, 
refresh, make it fresh again. It means to heal, generically speaking. But then it means to fix. Which means there's some stuff you think is broken that God says that's just because you're trying to fix it. If you do what I told you to do and get out of my way, I'll go in the back because I'm Jehovah Rapha. I'm the Lord, your healer. But then here's another meaning of it. I love this meaning of it. And here's where we shout and we're done. It means I'll stitch it. Now, stitching is significant because it implies that there are two things that have been ripped apart. For whatever reason. Maybe it's you from your peace. Maybe it's you from your joy. Maybe it's you from whatever. But God says, if you'll self-reflect, self-correct, pray and repent. If you'll do that, what I'm telling you I'll do is even though you tore it up and messed it up and ripped it apart, I'll get the needle out. And I may not mean anything if you've never had any broken stuff in your life. But is there anybody at Wednesday Night Live, you've had some broken stuff. You've had some messed up stuff. You've had some jacked up stuff. I'm not trying to give you false hope. I am, though, trying to tell you that our God has the power. When you self-reflect, self-correct, pray and repent, he's got the power to get the needle out and, and start stitching some stuff together. Watch this. Maybe it's a business deal. You need him to... Maybe it's a job opportunity you need in them. Maybe it's some stuff you messed up that you wish you could do over here. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, my attitude, and turn from their wicked ways, self-destructive ways, then I'll make an announcement. I'll forgive them and I'll fix them. I'll fix them. Maybe it's a doctor's report. And the doctor says, you're going to have to be on this for this time. He says, but I'll take the needle out. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. You do believe in the God of this Bible, don't you? You do believe that he is a healer, don't That's what his book says he is. Maybe it's, maybe it's something else. You're saying, God, I don't even know where to start with this. You have situations in your life, you're like, God, I don't even want to start. So you never started because you didn't know where to start? It's like cleaning up a dirty house. Cleaning up a dirty house where your house is so dirty. And you don't call it dirty. Here's what you say, I just got laundry. I don't know, my home is very clean, except for the five piles of clothes on my bed that I have to move at night when I'm getting ready to go to sleep. I have to move them over. I wish y'all be honest with me, church. Used to be, though. Used to be. You, you're excellent now. <laughs> Push all that over there. And just <laughs> and you wake up. People say, you smell so good. That's just the downy from the laundry I was sleeping on. <laughs> That's the dryer sheets I was sleeping on. <laughs> He's got the power. Stitch. Maybe it's your credit. And maybe 
when you go to apply for stuff, they print pages. And, <laughs> and they stand over there just saying, God, dog, how much more is going to come out this here computer? God, dog, how you have Montgomery Ward on your credit? They've been closed for years. But he says, if my people. Now, I'm not saying you don't have to do something. But don't do before you pray. James said, you have not because you ask not. He said, because you're doing a bunch of stuff, but you're not praying before you do a bunch of stuff. So you're doing stuff thinking that you're doing is going to do more than praying. And if you pray, you can. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.